before we begin the episode, this is just a quick note to let you know that the sound quality for today's episode is a little bit off. You'll hear as the episode goes through, we were recording in kind of trying circumstances, but as always, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you agree with our top five of 2022. This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach. And for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. A significant part of the show is my evolution, Shag, someone who can't watch horror films into someone who can entertain the idea of watching one and even watch The Babadook a few months ago. So it's an exciting journey. Um, Once we're done with Spooko and about another seven or eight hundred episodes is my thought process, um, we probably need to go to me eating food at other people's household um, because it's just a little brain jumble I've found my head in where... Again, like I'll have people who socialize with each other and be like, oh, um, someone was a very good host. Take a look at the meal they served me. It was amazing. And I'll see it and be like, oh, I would not be pleased to be served that. And, and, like, and the element is I'm like, if someone is my friend and they ask me what I think of something, then I, like, um, the, two, the two points of view are I want my friend to feel nice about life and have a happy time and a nice day. And then secondly, if my friend's trying to improve their the execution of their culinary skills or is genuinely interested in my view, I want to share that view. And so, Shag, I've just sort of got my little, my little uh, head in a knot at the moment because, look, I've seen a couple of pup pictures of roast potatoes recently and roast potatoes is not a hard dish to do well. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. Can I say, so Dua Lipa yeah. has like a, a newsletter as a lot of artists do now. And she had a Christmas edition where she's like, this is Dewar's super tasty potato recipe. And it was Uh, fucking baked potatoes. And she's like, my secret is I parboil them beforehand. It's like, everybody uh, does that. Every single person, if more people do that than not, I'd be more interested in seeing a recipe that doesn't do that. I'd be like, I'm keen to know what you're doing here. I can show you some photos, Shag, that I've been showing recently. (laughs) So, Peach, I do kind of love that the next podcast you want to do is you just being mean about people's food. I love that. Well, trying to walk the line of like, (laughs) I had a lovely night. It's like, I had a lovely night. Happy to comment if you'd like. But really, it was a lovely time. It was lovely to see everyone here. How was dinner? It was great. It was a great time. Had a great night with everyone. But before we do Peach avoiding any mention of the food because he doesn't want to be mean, but he actually wants to be mean about the foodo. Before we get to that, this is Spooko. We've entered our fourth year. It's 2023. Oh my God. Have we entered our fourth year? This is our fourth year of Spooko, right? We started in 2019. And before we get to a new run of exposure therapy for you and Mm. i mean you know like it's we know you know therapy is a journey there's no Mm. there's never really an end date which is lucky Mm. for us (laughs) 
but what but but you know like a big part of therapy is to mm. you know celebrate the wins and you know take stock you don't just keep going right and so what i wanted to do today mm. in this week's episode is take you through my favorite five horror films from 2022 that yes. we covered in the pod and yes. if you are new to spooko these episodes all exist and if you haven't caught them like these are great episodes to start with so peach are you ready for spooko's top five of 2022 can't wait i'm really glad my view was asked ahead of time so that i was able to contribute to this list no but i'm really keen to hear what you think i'm keen to hear if you agree yes can't wait <laughs> you seem so <laughs> <laughs> is it gonna be the oh the babadook well that was the a previous year <laughs> that's the only one i could comment on i think it was 2014 <laughs> Oh, good uh, friend. So, well, all right, the, all right, okay. So we won't call it Spooko's list, I guess is my point. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I guess that's uh, I guess that's what I'm rubbing up against. I'm like, here's the definitive Spooko view on this. And I'm like, well, I, you know. I, we I can know. call it Spooko's list if you agree when we get to the end. So before we get into the list, I want to talk about honorable mentions because there's a couple of yes. films that are quite conspicuous in their absence and i just wanted to call them out all right so number mm. one not in the top five is barbarian i get that a lot of horror film reviewers loved and like non-horror film reviewers love this film mm. to me it was just fun. like it was good it was just fine but there was nothing life-changing about it what did you think about barbarian uh, as a pop culture phenomenon, I think there is something to, and I think horror films are, are particularly good or perhaps vulnerable is the right word, particularly vulnerable to this, of there being a good idea and then everyone scrunches up the bit of paper and goes, great, we did it. We came up with a good idea. <laughs> and they did. Like, I mean, it's, like, it's really quite compelling. The show up for the job interview in a weird city, Airbnb, Tunnel Underground, um, and you're sort of dragged along by the momentum of it, and then things start to unravel of like, oh, it's a monster, and oh, motherhood's scary. Um, and it's kind of like, oh, okay. What we thought was quite an interesting premise turns out to be uh, just the view of privileged white men who haven't really thought any of the issues through that they're trying to really engage with properly. And so um, to me it sort of highlights the strength of horror in part of like, hey, here's an interesting idea. Let's riff around with it. And it also highlights the weakness of horror that um, there can be a lack of self-reflexivity of like you get a lot of auteurs who are like, hey, my name's John Johnson and I made a horror film. <laughs> a <laughs> no film, one gave me any film feedback. by John Johnson. <laughs> I ignored all the feedback people gave me and here it is. And it's like, good, John. Like I'm pleased we got your singular view of the world and what would happen if a board game was haunted by the blood dimension. That's awesome. Um, great concept, well done. But uh, again, the flaw in John Johnson's film, no doubt, um, is similar to the flaw in Barbarian of like, okay, the clickbaity good idea needs to have some substance and execution behind it. So I stand behind people getting excited about a good idea, but I stand behind you, Shag, as I do in all things for the Spooko <laughs> endorsement of this being merely an honourable mention and not a, not a top five. And the other honourable mention is the one moment where we almost got cancelled in 2022 
Mm. When you, without any real evidence, decided that Prey sucked and somehow, (laughs) somehow upset pretty much everyone that listens to this show. Peach, do you still stand by (laughs) your opinion that Prey sucks? (laughs) Well, the update is I haven't seen Prey. Um, (laughs) And then I guess the non-update is, so I haven't changed my view. Um, (laughs) The nature of the podcast, like all I've got is the plot. And if the plot, I mean, if I can just refresh anyone's memory, like who hasn't listened to the Prey episode or hasn't seen the film, well, maybe even if you have seen the film and because it's beautifully made, you didn't catch this. But the thrilling denouement is that the Predator forgets how its own weaponry works and kills itself just by being dumb. Um, and and that's the big payoff. That's a heroic moment that's meant to be the heart of the film. And And... I can understand that being made to look amazing in the cinema and cinematography and sound design is a very important part of making this art come to life. But all I've got is the plot to go on. That stinks. And all that shows is the Predator was dumb. And so our very exciting hero uh, was confronting the shittest Predator imaginable. And who cares? All right. Prey, I'm afraid it stays It stays a goof. I'm so sorry. One of the reasons I didn't include Prey as well is I really enjoyed mm. Prey, to be honest. But Sounds awesome. Looking at this list, it just it didn't feel horror enough to fit in this list. So with that in mind, with those two honorable mentions in mind, mm. Peach, are you ready for Shag slash Spooko's top five <laughs> horror films of 2022? Can I guess some of them as well? But yeah, I think I'm ready. Oh, actually, no, because you're predict- you're going to guess it and then it's going to spoil the surprise. Okay, well, then just tell me right. Okay, well, well <laughs> terrified too. And I th- I just think Hellraiser is going to get an honorable mention. I can you're going to have time to reflect and Hellraiser is going to like come back. My two, my two Peaches picks. <laughs> <laughs> A new segment for 2023. <laughs> five. All right, so to number five, Mm. Uh, A film we covered in episode 129 back in April, Mm. Master. Uh, So Master, you might remember, you might not remember. Mm. It it was a horror film that flew under the radar, Mm. but it was about the New England College in the States Mm. uh, built on the site of witch trials hundreds of years earlier, which had been historically like super white, but employs its first black master like the position was called master like a chancellor i guess you'd say of a university like the leader basically and Mm. as the film goes on both her experience and Mm. the experience of a young girl who's also a poc and also pretty much the only non-white person on campus both of them experience basically horror things like maggots and ghosts and Mm. tormentors but they're essentially filmic metaphors for the rot of institutionalized prejudice and inequality. Like it was so dark and spooky and unsettling, but also it didn't really like the bad guy was history. Basically the fact that you can't Mm. run from it, even when you pretend and make all these big proclamations. I loved it. And I kept, I keep thinking about it now. And I, it's one of those films. I just, I think more people should see. Peach, what did you think about Master? Uh, one of the great triumphs of Master, I think, is the treatment of microaggressions as a horror moment of 
you know, if you're going to use horror as a genre to generate a response and you know what the response is going to be, like, you, you know, the clues, the clues in the name, <laughs> what's the, what's the horror response you're trying to generate? Um, then, then the, sort of using that horror response, we're all coming to be more and more familiar with as time passes to make a point that's really quite, um, it might be trite for POCs and people of a marginalized gender who, who walk through life facing the vast number of challenges, but for privileged people to have a microaggression framed in a, through a horror lens is a really effective way to manufacture empathy. Um, it's a really effective way to get a message through about what these things are about. And, um, you know, it might seem trite to have white men be like, oh, well, racism's pretty bad. Um, it's, yes, it's super trite, but it's, I guess, better from, it's better than them saying, oh, I don't even see colour. Like, racism doesn't exist. <laughs> so uh, using, yeah, using using the tools of a horror filmmaker to make a, a pretty neat political point even even though it might seem fairly trite to to a large number of people listening i think it's a really ambitious and and effectively executed thing i i uh, master's one of the ones i'd be pretty interested to watch pretty impressed four rick, 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 rick. number four is a pooch's pick because number yes. four is is terrifier too i i was a little bit conflicted including it in this list but as I was putting it together, I just I just couldn't shy away from it, despite the fact, and this is you know we talk about the complex feelings, despite mm. the fact that it has easily the worst scene I saw on screen all year and maybe ever mm. in Art the Clown's brutalization of that teenage girl, and we can't run away from that. It is an awful scene. I don't think anyone should see it. But apart from that, it was an incredibly fun horror movie. It was Stranger Things with Gore, is what it was. Mm. I think that. This was one of the films that that sort of rubbed up for me with the idea of how much do you take feedback on board? Um, you, you know, if we think back of John Johnson, the auteur, who's like, oh, I've got an idea, and I'm not going to listen to anyone who disagrees with Plan A. Plan A is the best plan. Um, the idea of yeah, well, let's give Art some background. It's like, well, okay. Um, and then we find the name of the ride's terrifier, and then we find Art gets reborn. Um, yeah, Art's head gets 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 reborn at the end of. Uh, and you know what we quite like about art is that he's a mime, and so we're going to use some of that, you know, mime, mm. that sort of ho- horror comedy, and not and not horror comedy in the sense of um, scary movie two or whatever, but but sort of walking that line between the sort of pleasure of being entertained and the terror of you know violence looming around the corner, almost a. That's not quite what Punch and Judy was about, but but that but that kind of line of like transgression, whether as entertainment or as fear of violence, um, it struck me that Terrifier Two was a real a real version two of the first one, where you know art just smears shit everywhere and whatever and, and like who cares? Um, so it it's, it struck me as a real triumph of the sort of indie filmmaker. Uh, and bring on me hearing about Terrifier 3, except for an upsetting scene that I hope is not brought on at all. I think everything you say there is right. Like Damien Leone, who made Terrifier and Terrifier 2, who seems like a really normal dude, mm. just managed to managed to elicit so many responses from me. So mm. like you said before, finding out about that ride at the amusement park called The Terrifier was my favourite like aha moment of horror cinema of the year. 
Mm. Also, probably the funniest moment, but also the most confusingly funny moment because I still feel bad describing it. Terrifier jokingly feeding mashed potato to the hollowed out face of one of his victims and being like, ha, 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 yummy, yummy, was funny. I don't know why it was funny, but it was funny. And even describing it, I feel terrible saying that, but it was funny. Peaches pook. Three. Okay, so number three, when we're talking about, you know, bests of the year, mm. number three, again, like it wasn't a perfect film, but easily had the scariest scene I've seen in a long time. Mm. And I, and, and I'm not just talking about 2022, I'm talking about in a long time. And I was sitting next to Adele watching this and we were mm. both fucking terrified. I am talking about A24's Men. And the scene I'm talking about is the scene where our protagonist, who has gone to the country for a getaway by herself, is sitting in an isolated cottage with glass walls and we see a naked man peering into the windows trying to get in. And we know that she can't see him but we can see him. And even describing it now just makes me feel so freaked. Peach, what did you think of men? I, I, I'm actually a little more guarded on my further reflections and it's almost the opposite side of my reflections on Master. But I'm just a little cautious about saying Alex Garland solved the patriarchy because um, he gets it. And I, I know that's almost a direct contradiction <laughs> to what I said about master, but, but perhaps that's in part about the identity of the filmmakers as well, that I sort of have an awkward feeling of a film that's like, we get it, we get it. This is what it's like. And, and no matter how true that is, or no matter how fair the, de- fair the depiction is, I, I've, I've actually sort of found it tough to extract the slightly self-congratulatory political edge of it from the artwork itself which is unfair to the artwork um but again that's just my kind of emotional response to it of like oh yeah okay i get it the idea of casting rory kinnear as every character is a proper great horror movie example of genuine genius that's like a genuine proper light bulb brilliant genius moment that very adroitly makes the point you're trying to make. I've not heard of something similar to that before. I presume it exists because I know very little about anything, but that that sort of as as a bit of a needle drop and even realising it through the film, you being like, oh, fuck, is Rory Kinnear going to be each one of these? But I remember watching the preview of, like, oh, fuck, I'm pretty sure that's the same actor. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's the <laughs> same actor. You know, the thrill, the thrill of that is profound. But uh, I do worry about shake people like you and i sort of over celebrating this one i suspect it may well be relegated to being a well-intentioned reasonably good movie and little more but but i don't know perhaps 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 that's just my view today and i might change it tomorrow and i might have had a different one yesterday no but peach i'm with you there and that's the reason why this isn't, you know, number one or even number oh, two. Oh, it would have been, hey? Like, well, well, I, it was like really... I thought it was a really wonderful experience. But to me, mm. like, and the whole time I was like, this is fantastic. Mm. But yeah, the ending for me kind of fell with a thud. And to me, the way I remember Men, as opposed to Master, which really felt like I was properly exper- like, you know, experiencing someone mm. else's reality. Yeah, genuine empathy, yeah. Men like Terrify 2 to me is like a roller coaster and I treat it like a roller coaster. It's also probably why that final scene 
that everybody was like, sure, I can't wait to hear what you think. I was kind of like, oh yeah, he gives birth to someone, then he gives birth to another person, then gives birth. It just didn't have the same power as some other scenes in this list had for me. Your reflection on it of like, what if the final boss was really weak? And it's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like, it, 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 it's, we never see that. It's like, well, no, no, we don't. <laughs> and it, it, it sort of strikes me conceptually as a like, you are right that we don't see that and you're right that you'd be showing us something pretty new to show us that. And and it sort of strikes me as revealing. So, you know, it sort of made the whole ending a little bit hollow. Uh, yeah, just, just from a plot perspective. Uh, fuck, that is so true. It's like there's, there's this obsession in the ad industry to be the first of something. Mm. Every case study for a work you put into awards show has to be like, this was a world first or this was the first time ever. And it's usually something like, like this is a bad example, but you know, if it's traditional media, like, you know, outdoor or TV or whatever, it's like, this was the first billboard that was made out of orange skin. And so as it like, oh as God, it yeah. went on, it slowly rotted. And it's like, there's a reason billboards are made out of paper. It's just really, <laughs> really, it's just a bit easier for people to see them and put them up and put them down, sort of thing, right? Like, and it, it has that thing where it's like, sometimes it's not enough to be like, what if we flipped? Like, sometimes the script is there because it works, and flipping the script just makes it work, <laughs> right? Flipping yeah. the script, I guess that's the thing. Flipping the script is not an automatic good thing. Yes, and that's yes, a really no. good point. That's really yeah. good point. All right. Okay. There's right, a so, reason the script is mostly unflipped. There's a reason the script is upright. That's why. <laughs> Two. Rick, 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 Rick. Okay, so so when I watched this film, I remember thinking, oh, this is my favorite film of the year. This will easily be the best film this year. Mm. And I'm talking about the Winter Soldier, Sebastian Stan, playing a suave. Mm, cannibal cannibal who sells meat to rich people in fresh yes horror movies are roller coasters we've said this before Mm. and it's a it's a near perfect roller coaster it's hard to like obviously yes when you drill down into all rich people loving to be cannibals and stuff it's like well that doesn't make any sense like Mm. we now know that rich people are just desperate for validation you know when you see people like elon musk and whatever right Mm. so it that doesn't make any sense and also him just being a kind of i'm like the butchery wasn't very good like we know that the butchery didn't make any sense but as a film fresh was so much fun peach number two pick what do you think uh i think this falls into the prey category for me of i'm like yep i can imagine this being a thrilling experience to have to sit down in a cinema or to or to or to watch on a screen and to roll through but like as a cannibal dealer who like gets high on his own supply it's like, oh, so even the economics of it yourself, you're sort of slightly inconsistent with. <laughs> then, like, removing the buttocks, like, again, I don't want to linger on the same point of, like, your butt is so important. I just came on <laughs> Pilates today. Like, we did lots of glute work. Like, like your butt is really – people underrate how – it's not just, like, some cushions that you carry around with you. We are both sitting on our butts right now. Exactly. It, We'd be fucked. We couldn't I'm do so grateful to have a functioning butt. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, removing it as a warning and then dancing afterwards. How would you dance without your butt? Uh, you, you know, these little plot points are ones that stood out for me. And again, because I'm slightly confrontational in my cannibal film scenario, the failure to come to grips with the basic economics of food distribution, the failure to come to grips with what butchery is about, the failure to come to grips with, you know, meat being delicious and what makes it so, 
um, all struck me as missed opportunity. So like, it might be slightly unfair of me to be like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, but it was only fine to me based on those things. But but I can nonetheless understand it being a really fun filmic experience to watch in a cinema. Now, Peach, uh, mm. just just to give you a bit of a background of why all of a sudden there's like the sound of music and crowd potentially. Maybe there's not. This is a good microphone. But if mm. you can hear a little bit, bit of that bleeding in, it's because I'm still recording this in the Jakarta office. I'm recording this during the Jakarta office's Christmas party. Mm. And, and and I think the celebratory tone of that, you know, suits the fact that we're about to reveal Spooko slash Shag's number one horror film of 2022. Number one. One. Shag, this is a quick intermission. Take us into the Christmas party. Give us 45 seconds of Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay, so Jakarta's an interesting place, right? Mm. Like, it's a... It's a it's it's the capital of a majority Muslim country, mm. so there's not going to be any booze. And sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. So so I actually don't know what it's going to be like because Australia has such a bad relationship with alcohol, and mm. especially the advertising industry. Every single one of our parties, it's like, okay, guys, who's going to have an eleven a.m. beer sort of thing? Like that's the culture. I don't know what. How this, do you stay awake part? for the party <laughs> if you've had a beer at eleven a.m. <laughs> It's really, it's really bad. It's really bad. Anyway, look, mm. I, I also like, they, they keep coming by and being like, so what, can you come in? Like, so I do need to properly wrap this up, but I'm really excited for just this. Put, just put me on the phone, Shag. Put me on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Peach, Let me Peach. Talk to them. Yes, Peach, number one. But can, can you guess what Spooko's number one pick for horror film of 2022 is? Like, I'm not only a bad friend, I'm also a bad co-host. Like, I just had in mind that it could be Halloween ends, but, but, <laughs> it's, uh, not Halloween but it's not, ends. yeah. Um, um, it's certainly not all from first kill. It's not black phone. It's not lamb. It's not old. I think I got the year wrong for old. Shag, like, it's not don't breathe too. No. I'm I'm not doing well here. Spooko's number one horror film of 2022 is the Australian Macedonian production. Amazing. You Won't Be Alone. Starring Numi Rapace uh, as the young girl befriended by the witch who goes on to experience the meaning of life as a woman and then a man and then a child and then a mother. As a shape-shifting, baby-eating witch, I, I I just think like horror can do only horror could do this, but you know, truly great film is life-changing. And for me, even watching this on a phone screen on a flight between Melbourne and Sydney was properly life-affirming. It made me, it made me appreciate like this is so dumb, but it made me appreciate my life. It made me appreciate fatherhood. It made me want to go home and like hug my family, like. What like what other art piece of art, what art form could do that? I'm embarrassed that this didn't spring straight to mind. It was it's glorious to listen to on the pod, glorious to read about, even just some of the media coverage. And we can talk about the fine plotting, we can talk about the ability to empathize with the various different incarnations of our protagonist's life. Um but look if we just take one extremely small point that we often talk about. 
um, the title. And the title sounds like a bit of a moral or the title sounds like a little bit of a poetic kind of riff that might just be interesting. And it turns out to be the exact opposite. It turns out to be a perfect horror title. It turns out to be directly descriptive and it turns out to be the heart of the film. And uh, I, I think even even just that, and, and you know, I talk about titles a lot because I feel like in some ways they don't matter at all and in some ways they're everything. But even just to take that small example for me shows, look, firstly, it's good in and of itself, but it also shows a degree of craftsmanship, a degree of care, a degree of respect for the people coming to watch the film that strikes me must must carry through to the balance. It, it, it sounds complete. It sounds perfect to me. Bravo. They are... Well, in fact, Peach, do I have your buy-in for our top five? Yeah, tick in every box. A uh, little bit sad that we uh, that we missed out on... Sorry, am I sad that we missed out on anything? Let me see. Because you've you got to get to this Christmas party. Yeah, ones, ones, ones we didn't have. We didn't include Halloween ends. Like, on reflection, it just... It it just didn't hit like I like it and I enjoyed mm. it, but also it it just didn't hit the way those other films hit. Um, X, yeah, X, help. X didn't do X, it to you. X was X was just X didn't do it to me. <laughs> X didn't give that, it to you. That is that is an exhibit joke. Uh, mm. Shout out to anyone who got that. Um, uh, what's the other big one? Hellraiser. Like Hellraiser was just it was fine. Yeah. It was another just like yeah cool. You made a movie in the Hellraiser universe that didn't really add much to it black phone whatever black phone was one of the worst films i saw last year bring on 2023 back in 23 gone give it to you this was recorded at fbi studios please like subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can and rushes what's up